0: We hear about guys that take years toiling away through the minors finally getting there, but what about got the guys that just kind of skip the whole process? Hi, welcome to Almost Cooperstown. I'm Mark, and this is Gordon, and we
1: love talking about baseball.
0: So this was an idea that was brought to us by one of our listeners, Michael, and it was really interesting looking at this just because it's sort of a... We, we thought it would be a more common thing than it really was. And there's really not that much evidence of guys skipping the minor league system altogether and just going straight from being an amateur to being a professional in the major leagues.
1: Right. What, what Michael was asking was guys that had, uh, other jobs that mm-hmm. went went to the majors, and and so you know, I, I think about you know all those years ago uh, tryouts and stuff like that, where you'd have public tryouts and the dream of showing up at right. the stadium and getting or, or, on the or team. You think
0: about you know another sport, Kurt Warner coming out of the grocery store
1: aisles to be. We well, did play arena league football, true. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and and so you know, and, and of course uh, the Tigers famously struck in I don't know in the early 1900s before 1910 when Ty Cobb went in the stands and beat the hell out of somebody. So they basically suspended him, and then in, in, in support of him, the team struck. So they had to hire a bunch of scabs to come out and play. The, and and the Tigers got obviously walloped, you know, right f- thirty to nothing or something games. like that. But it was like you know the plumber. And so that stuff happened in in a not quite funny baseball time, but, but you know, I mean, over a hundred years interesting ago. Interesting
0: thinking that that could even happen. That you had what was essentially amateurs
1: playing a team of professionals, but for that day they were pro baseball players. So so we we, we turned it into as you pointed out was okay. So how about guys? who never got to play a minor league game and went straight to the straight
0: to the bigs. And I mean, it's not something that's altogether that common for a, a bunch of reasons. One, that there is actually a benefit to the minor leagues in terms of getting guys ready, especially because, the level of pitching you face in college is just nowhere near what you end up facing in the professional leagues. And for most young hitters, I think it's just too much of a jump to go straight from not being in the majors to facing major league pitching.
1: And we'll talk about, so breaking it down before 1965, when the drafts, the major league draft started. So before that, you know, you had guys that go straight to the major leagues, but there was always a minor league for them to play in, right? even if they weren't affiliated until around the thirties when so, Brand Rickey started the whole Whole farm system.
0: Right. So there's a little bit more wiggle room there because for what a guy playing for some independent team in some independent league wasn't technically a, a professional major league baseball player, but he was still a guy playing professional baseball in a sense. So it, it's different than a lot of these guys that you talk about after 1965, where these are all Young kids or international players, basically coming out of nowhere and going straight to the major leagues.
1: Right, and be, you know, even before then, you know, from 1901 though, you had the reserve clause. So that's why Branch Rickey had the the wherewithal to create the farm system because these are assets that these these guys had, and you couldn't get a guy, you know, out of the organization because he was bound to the organization for his entire career, which is crazy. Well,
0: I mean, it's great for the organization, but that's why we like free agency so much because the player is basically being. Sl- slaves to the organization from the moment they're
1: picked up is thank little, you, Kurt flood yeah. for what you did, because that, that, that had to stop.
0: And, and I think also there is an element of more so with baseball than just about any other sport. You really have a big difference between what you're doing at the amateur level in terms of games per season, jumping up to professional baseball, it's a bigger jump than I feel like just about any sport just because it's so many
1: more games you're playing. That's such a great point. We, we made it in, in a podcast not too long ago when uh, we had the occasion to meet Ron Darling. Mm-hmm. And one of his comments was minor league baseball doesn't prepare players to play in the major leagues from the standpoint of playing six games in seven days or seven games in seven days in two or three cities or whatnot. The minor leagues don't have that many games played over that fast a period of right, time. He was
0: saying they basically they go play a couple games somewhere that they get on the bus and they go back and play some more games. Maybe you go on a road trip or two throughout the season,
1: but for the most part, you're not really going that far and you're never going for that long. So, so think about the guys that, you know, that then the idea of coming into the major leagues, never having played in the bigs before. And all of a sudden you're playing 162 games Mm -hmm. or or you hope you're playing 162. You hope you're even playing. (laughs) You're You're not just
0: on the team for 162 games.
1: And that's what makes being a a baseball player, obviously so different Uh, uh, from being a, a player in any other of the four major sports uh, in, in the United you're States, you're playing double the games, basically at, at, at the least, right? right. You know, I mean, forget about football being that way. And so the seasons, though, you know, I mean, you have a six-month NBA season altogether with the training camp and right. hockey and, and football. So the the, the length of the seasons, maybe baseball is a little longer because of spring but training. You're playing so many more games so in that time games. period. And so that the idea that you could bring up an 18-year-old kid and have this kid be able to adapt to the lifestyle of traveling and doing what they do if he is a rookie rookie or right. a young and player it's be, so, And being 18 on a major league team has to be a really isolating experience. I'm, I'm sure A-Rod could tell us about that, because I think about that a lot and how he managed, you know, with his supreme talent at 18 to be a, you know, if you're going to be an 18-year-old player like Alex Rodriguez was, um, you want to play all the time because it makes no sense to call up a kid like that and have him sit in a dugout and watch
0: right but you're still you're 18 so you can't relate with your 30 year old teammates in the same way you can't go out with them after the games you kind of just have baseball and there's going to be some guys that can thrive in that environment but if you're not playing it's going to be hard to keep focused and stay you know on the straight when you're you've got more money than you've ever had in your life before essentially no supervision And it's not like you're going to play the next day anyway after the eighth game in a row of sitting. Yeah, so. and, and
1: and it's been you know uh, the, there's there's more help for these young players now, right? To have people around them instead of you know n- not knowing what to do, and you have all this money, and you got nobody advising you, you don't know who to trust. It's better now, but it, I mean, it's still not easy. It's still not easy. Well, it, it's it's not it's not easy to know what to do, right? If you're a young player, and so you know, in in recent years since 1965, um, you would have thought that the draft might have allowed people to get to the major leagues more quickly. That really hasn't been the case there. there. Uh, of course, it's only been, uh, not only been, it's been almost 60 years. And if you take the 60 or years before that or whatnot, there's about as many players. It's about as many right, players. Right, I thought that was really interesting, interesting yeah. that they, that went straight to the majors. So uh, the most recent player, and I don't know any, uh, I, don't, I don't know this player. I, I knew the other guy. In 19, 2020 was the last time a guy went straight to the big leagues. Now, you can be in college and go straight to the bigs. So that wasn't really it, something that, that happened. almost
0: happened with Evan Carter this year. Right, actually. right,
1: right, right. Um, I'm trying to think. So Lou Gehrig played famously for Columbia, mm-hmm. um, and I think he pretty much. Well, this is a weird thing that happened with Lou Gehrig. He mm-hmm. played in 1922 uh, uh, some games where he took an assumed name to get to play the game, so that he wouldn't ruin his amateur status. Huh. They found out, okay, and then suspended him for a year at Columbia, where he couldn't play in the games because he was taking. You know, he had played as a professional, even though they paid him like two dollars. You know, to, to play baseball at the time, and so he came up with the Yankees the year after that in 1923 finally. So he didn't go straight to the bigs but kind of.
0: Kind of. Yeah.
1: Um and so, you know, but today, you know, there there are there are very few guys that I you know, Evan Carter's the the most recent guy that didn't even make it, he right, didn't even right, play. Right, but, but who No, Evan no <coughs> no no. Evan Carter play, you mean, but um I don't think he went straight to the big leagues. Oh, well, okay. I'm sorry. I didn't realize that he didn't. He, he was. A I don't league. think he did. He might have actually. I'm not 100 percent sure. So um, I remember this guy as a college player. Again, Mike Leake had a great mm-hmm. NCAA tournament. But who was went the most? Leake wasn't the most recent. He right? was. He was four, or five months before Garrett Crochet. I have no idea who that. No, is. neither do I, and I don't even know if Garrett Crochet is still playing Major League Baseball. Um, actually. Um, he went to Tennessee. I can't tell if he's still playing or not. Um, and that's the thing. You know, we'll talk about, um, you know, these 2020 guys and getting into the major leagues. Did it, it have anything to do with it being a pandemic season? I don't think so. Right. Because before that, uh league was 2010. Yes. Okay, so it's 10 years. And then 10 years before that, it was Xavier Nady.
0: Interesting. So it seems like it's like a guy kind of comes
1: every – Exactly in, so in that sense, 10 years. It happened more frequently before that. And, and some of the names, Ariel Prieto, who was a, a Cuban player. Mm-hmm. So then you see the guy's playing in Cuba. He might have been playing professional baseball in Cuba, but he didn't play in the minor leagues. Right. So it kind of gets around it in a way. I mean, let's face it. All the Japanese players, right,
0: but, all but, the but, Korean but, League players, uh, for me didn't like, play in the minor uh, leagues. But they were playing in another <clears> professional <throat> league. So I feel like it's not fair to it's count
1: not, that. No, no, totally not. Um, uh, Darren Dryford, you talked about the... Uh, Darren Dreyfuss was a pitcher, uh, came up in 94. But before that, in 1989, two guys came up. Jim Abbott, mm. um, who went from college at Michigan, the one-armed pitcher, and pitched a perfect game in the major leagues, amazingly. Really? Um, yes. Wow. Um, yep. And uh, John Olerud, who right. you said might be one of the greatest college players of all right, time. Right. He
0: was considered to be one of the greatest college players of all time. And then, like, three weeks later, after graduating college, he's – in the majors, hitting baseballs.
1: So because he had that kind of special output, he got the chance to go straight to the majors, and he's stuck. Right. So there are times guys go straight to the majors. They come out of college. They have this amazing college I career. Mean, a
0: lot of the guys we've named so far. I mean, Mike Leake's had an okay career. Oh, you're
1: being very kind. I know Xavier, <laughs> Na-
0: Xavier Nady. I think we would probably describe as much of the same. Yeah. Well, he did play for the Mets,
1: so you right. know it had to go down someplace.
0: But, so yeah, I mean, but other than that, they really weren't. I mean, Jim Abbott probably had
1: the best career. One of them, one I'd one say of them, so. Yeah. The, the guy before him was Pete Incaviglia. Um, You probably don't know him, but he was a big, burly Oklahoma State. I remember we went to college for some right. reason, a slugger, and and he hit like a bunch of home runs, like in his first year, and then he was just kind of okay. I think he had like a hundred odd career mm. home runs, and never was the power hitter they thought coming out of college. When they also would blame you for having um, uh, aluminum bat power, like Robin Ventura right. got blamed for having. Well, we don't know if he's going to be able to have that translate into the major. It, it worked out fine for Robin right. Ventura. Uh, that's fine. So, um, but the other names that I can keep going about, Brian Milner, I didn't really know, Tim Conroy. Before that, Bob Horner, um, third baseman, played college baseball in 1978 at Arizona State, um, has the distinction of being one of the few guys to hit four home runs in a major league game.
0: Oh, so he he went straight from he playing went,
1: college to playing And he verbal. didn't go back. You know, okay, he, yeah. You know, he, he obviously played the Mike Morgan pitcher. I mean, he um, might have back at some point, but. No, he played, you no, know, he didn't ever play in the minors. The whole idea is that they never played in the minors. Um uh, and these so what happens is if you didn't play in the minors and you washed out of the majors you just didn't play baseball anymore. Well, I thought like (laughs) what if they got hurt and had to rehab. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, obviously, this list uh, has guys that never, for whatever reason, ever right. did that, which is kind of interesting. Because you know, Max Scherzer, Scherzer was in the minor leagues this year, so you think if a Hall of Famer yeah. can do that late in his career, right. Anybody can. Maybe they didn't do that as much, you maybe know. They at just that didn't point, count, yeah, it didn't didn't put him in the minor leagues for rehab starts and stuff like that. That seems to be a more or a common, a more now. recent yeah, thing yeah. to a degree. Um, Denny Walling a good infielder I'm trying to think so let's see who else uh, at number 10 I've got David Clyde um, who uh, came out in 1973 so we're talking 50 years ago mm-hmm. on the cover of Sports Illustrated the fireballing left-handed Texas you know f- uh, pitcher who just never did very much in the pros yeah, I mean I think all. it's got to be
0: so hard wow. to put so much pressure so
1: on him. much pressure this guy and he's got quite the story David Clyde you can read about it uh, and he talked about the, the feeling that he had and he kind of like he had a glimmers of Couple times of being like you know really good and, and they leaned on him early, but he just couldn't sustain it and wasn't wasn't any good. Dave Winfield hmm. was a great college player. I
0: think Winfield's probably now the best. Guy. Right, right.
1: Uh, Hall of Famer uh, obviously would, would mean because he's the only Hall of Famer on on this list. Uh, the only other notable players, um, Dave Roberts, actually is mm. one of the guys on the list. The current manager of the Dodgers. That's cool. Yeah, so he he played in '72. These are all early se- or early '70s because until '65, right? And the first guy was Mike Adamson in '67 uh, after the draft, mm-hmm. um, and then Bert Hooten, Happy Hooten, um, who was a knuckleball pitcher and a good major league pitcher for a long time. Um, probably the other more notable player, right. you know, not a Hall of Famer, but you know a, a fine major league pitcher. As the same, I mean, it's surprising
0: that a knuckleball. But I guess with a knuckleballer, you'd know pretty early on whether or not it's just going to work. It either
1: does or doesn't. <laughs> so, And I probably should qualify. So I can't say I'm 100% sure that they never went to the minors in any rehab. Sorry. They just went straight to the right, major I think leagues. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. So make sure, make sure that's qualified. So then you have all the other guys before 1965, and it's a list of amazing players.
0: Right, which is very interesting how this list is so much more distinguished than the pre The post-free agency list.
1: And I I would say that anything that happens before – I think Branch Rickey started the farm system with the Cardinals in, I want to say, 36 or 1938. Somewhere around then is where he kind of did that, and he took it wherever he went after that, the Dodgers and so on and so forth. So everything that happens before that – so the first guy in the list is Mel Ott. Yeah, he's pretty good. Mel Ott, 511 home runs. Hall of Famer. Okay, that number that, two, Al Kaline, Hall of Famer.
0: <laughs> now, now, so I think part of the reason for this is that it was a lot easier. There was less of an incentive for minor league baseball and contract manipulation because of the way the reserve clause worked. That if you had a stud nineteen year old why would you
1: hold him back but it was still something I think to put a young player like like well al Kalan because he played in 19 I think 59 was his or 53 was his rookie season um that's that's a lot more recent than Milad who played right. in 1926 so the idea that you would put a kid in there in 53 was a much different feeling than 19... I don't know how the hell Mel Ott did it in 1926. He must have been treated horribly well, by those guys. He was treated <laughs> terribly until he showed he was good. Um, a, a, another, another Hall of Famer, Eppa Rixi, a pitcher who you've heard me talk about a little bit. I don't know much about him. Great pitcher, you know, uh, Hall of Famer, uh, but he came up in 1912. Mm. So, you know, we don't really talk about guys like that. Ted Lyons, we talked about him on our White Sock. Yes, uh, we just did. Another Hall of Famer. So, the, again, the first four guys are mm. Hall of Famers. Uh, and then there's the fifth guy. Uh, Tom Zachary, who I guess was- man with two first names, <laughs> he he got he got to play for the 1924 champions and uh, Senators, but basically he played for a lot of lousy teams, which is why you never heard about him, and he's not a Hall yeah. of Famer. Uh, but the next guy, Frankie Frisch, is a Hall of Famer, uh, wasn't he? Also a White Sock. Frankie Frisch was a Giant and a Cardinal. Ah. He was traded for Rogers Hornsby in one of the w- weird trades because everybody thought that that the. The guys that trade for Hornsby got the better. Of the Giants got the better. Of the but deal. it turned out that got, they got it, Hornsby. That Frankie Fish was you know led him to a World Series and, and whatnot. Um, Ernie Banks, <laughs> wow. Ernie B- uh, Bob Feller, Bob Feller, straight to the majors. So what, what I'm thinking,
0: what you're seeing back then is that it was easier if you were a, a, one because I think the level of overall talent. Yeah, but you're right. So that when you had these exceptionally talented players, because if we keep going down the list, you have guys like Catfish Hunter, uh, Sandy Koufax. So I'm pretty sure the first time a scout watched Sandy Koufax pitch, he's just like, "Oh, yeah, no, he can go pitch in the majors. Right? He can't hit
1: that. Right? I mean, and, and there were other Hall of Famers like Eddie Plank, who again, Eddie Plank pitched so long ago, going in 1901, but he pitched for the Philadelphia A's at the very beginning when they were really good. On the he won World Champions with them, but again, because it happened so long ago, we don't talk about. But he went straight to the majors. Um, Dick Groat, who wasn't an M, was an MVP, but not a Hall of Famer. Um, so won an MVP, right? It's just amazing how many guys on this list are are just such better better players overall,
0: right? Right. So I think what it what it shows you is how teams use the farm systems now so differently after free agency, and that I'm guessing that there's not much incentive to promote a guy directly to the major leagues like that. Because for one, you're probably not going to have a space for him to immediately start playing. And you don't really want to have him just on up in the major leagues, not playing. That doesn't make any sense.
1: They do advance really quickly. Now They're, they I think clubs are a little better about them. You think of the Orioles guys advancing. Right, so I, you think about Julio Rodriguez, right, how I fast think he went through. I think
0: if you're 21, 22, and you're ripping double A pitching. They're just going to move you up now because they're not. They're not going to be like, let's wait till he's 24. What's the point of it?
1: And it's really hard for us, uh, particularly as fans, uh, and even those that may have a lot more information than we do, to evaluate the maturity of the player's ability to handle the day to day life of being a major league ball. player. That's something we, as fans, have absolutely no ability no to
0: analyze or have any insight to. And I think that blaming a player's failures on that, I don't think, is something where suggestions suggesting but i think it's the kind of thing where i think some guys struggle to adapt to the major league life they struggle with having to play a game every day having to get up and be ready every day and they they ha-
1: they miss mom's cooking
0: right they yeah. <laughs> miss, they, miss, they just miss not having to they miss they don't they're not used to playing baseball
1: every day
0: and and they're you know at, at 18 like what years explain, old right 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 what i mean by that is yeah they're used to playing a game you know practicing every day but that's not their day Every single day, day in and day out, not their job is baseball, right? Right. Even when they don't feel like it, right? They still have to do it, and it could be hard. Even if you've played AAA and I mean AAU and travel baseball through college and all those really intense programs, it's never just been your entire life all the time on the road.
1: You don't have anybody else. It's just baseball. And you want to give the kid the shot, right? So in spring training a few years ago, and it's Pete Alonso for the Mets, played minor league baseball, right. but he came in and he got the shot and they kept him on the team and he never looked back. Um, but I think at age 18, if the kid's going to come up and be a guy who's never gone to the minor leagues, you you, you drafted him at a high school or right. college or whatever it is, um, and he's you know got to play... Uh, Regularly until he plays himself out of the lineup,
0: (laughs) right? It's much better to have him in double A where you can have a, a program much more structured to bringing him along. You can have somebody that's essentially there just to be his hand holder. And that's okay in double A, which won't fly in the majors. He's got to be ready to go once he's up there. So you could bring him them along. But if he shows immediately, okay, that he's got the game to handle it, then they'll bring him up to the major league level and let let them figure it out. And we saw guys can figure it out and then they can struggle. I wonder how much that got to Alvarez last season coming up. And then being like, okay, you're the starting everyday catcher now. It seemed like it got to him, and he got a little bit tired. It where, the it where,
1: and, and I think that's a good point, that you do get physically tired. And just the idea of all the things you have to take care of as a young player that you haven't had to take care of before, you're traveling, you know, you don't have your family with you for the most part to, to, you know, to help right.
0: you. It's like, okay, now you're going to go to some city you've never been before, and, okay, you need to eat. Right. The team might not be arranging dinner that night. What do
1: you do? Now, now the, the teams teams are pretty good about looking after rookies and making right. sure they've got mentors and people but there. Once
0: you've been up for a couple of weeks, that that
1: starts to fade away. You're supposed a to be able bit. to take care of it, yet you still twenty years old,
0: right. right? But they're they're like, okay, you've been here for a few weeks now. We kind of you know you've got the money. We expect you to handle this.
1: You know how to do this now? Okay, go out and do it. We'll, we're out, man, because you can't go to the bar of this because you're only twenty, right?
0: <laughs> and we're, we want to go out. Okay, bye.
1: Yeah, so I think that's that makes. And again, because there's so many games and the, and the season takes so long, I think the maturity level of the baseball player has to be higher than virtually anybody.
0: So I think we'll see less and less of it. But who knows? Maybe we'll still have a few phenoms that come blazing up everyone. Yeah, a I,
1: I think if a, if a great you know player uh, comes through, uh, I, I don't think they're as hesitant now to give him a shot. But you better keep it up because you know once you start slumping, they're thinking about moving you down to the minor leagues. Oh yeah.
0: Thanks for listening and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. Follow us on Twitter, at cool.